When I was about 20 years old, in a matter of a few days, my life seemed to melt. My parents were getting divorced and I worked in the family business. And you do not want to work in the family business when your parents are getting divorced. So my family fell to pieces. I lost my job and I thought I'd go traveling. So I went to see my girlfriend at the time and said, will you come traveling with me? And she said, Alan, I don't love you anymore. So in a matter of two days, I lost my job. My family fell to pieces. My girlfriend left me and I was wondering what to do with my life. And a guy called Matt gave me a book. And the book was called Notes from a Friend by Tony Robbins. And I booked myself a three-week trip to Brazil, which is a whole nother story. And I sat on the beach at Copacabana and read Notes from a Friend. And it blew my mind. I'd never read a self-development book before. I'd never come across the idea of setting a goal, going for it, changing your approach. I'd never come across so many of the concepts in this book. And it, it inspired me and changed the direction of my life. And since then, I've read all of Tony Robbins' books. I've been on Unleash the Power Within and Walked on Fire three times. It's had an incredible impact on my life. And I've been wanting to do an episode for some time about this kind of stuff and never found quite the right angle. But I'm so excited to have one of Tony Robbins' trainers with me. So I've got Stu Massengill on the show today. Stu, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here, Alan. I am extraordinarily excited to dive into our conversation today. Me too. I'm very excited. And I understand you built a huge business and then you became a Tony Robbins trainer. And like, how did you how did you end up being a Tony Robbins trainer? Do you walk on fire each night just for fun? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's my you know they say you have like a morning routine and a night ritual. <laughs> yeah, my night ritual is I got the coals right outside in my living room, and and every night before I go to bed, I walk over those coals. No, I, I don't. I don't do the fire walk every night, but uh, similar to you, I've I've had the experience of going to Tony's event, Unleash the Power Within. Now about. Uh, six or seven times in person and walking on fire. And, you know, I think for our listener that's hanging out with us today, they're probably going, one, either I'm there and I'm with you and I've done it, or two, like, is this an analogy? And uh, it's crazy that, <laughs> you know, at this event, it's it's not an analogy. You you walk across coals and I think something happens in your psyche where you you begin to rewire your nervous system, right? When all of a sudden you do something that you think is impossible and you make it possible, it's like, all of a sudden, I mean, everything in your life changes. And so to kind of answer your story, how I became a Tony Robbins trainer is kind of the short version is I was introduced to, you know, entrepreneurship and personal development about a decade ago. And when I was first introduced to it, I was introduced to, you know, all these different people. Bob Proctor uh, was a mentor of mine, rest his soul. He's an incredible human. Eric Thomas, ET, the hip hop preacher and Darren Hardy. And, and of course, as I kind of was introduced to this world, I was eventually introduced to Tony Robbins. And I think one thing that was really interesting for me is you go to a lot of personal development events. And a lot of the times you go there and you sit in a room for 12 hours, you take notes and you like, you just sit there and it's like, you learn a lot and it's really good and it's really valuable. A lot of it, but then you leave and you don't apply a ton of it. And eventually I went to a Tony Robbins event and obviously, you know, this you know, it was basically a rock concert 
injected with personal development. It was like a party for four days where you're learning and growing. And so I went to that, you know, my first event with Tony was about nine years ago. And it, it really honestly just changed my life. Again, to not go like too, too deep into my story, but I, I really grew up as like a shy, quiet, introverted kid. I was the type of person that was not super outspoken, that hated public speaking. It was my biggest fear. Now it's something that I do for a living. And, you know, when I first went to this event, I, I realized similar to you that not only can you change some of the things about yourself, but you can actually neurologically rewire yourself. And so for me, that's what happened nine years ago. And long story short, once I went to my first experience, I just, I continued to immerse myself into Tony's world. And I started doing some of my own speaking just because I enjoyed doing that. And then about four years ago, I had an opportunity where I was doing some speaking and then I knew someone in the Tony Robbins company and they were looking for a speaker. And it was just sort of the, the perfect marriage of, I love speaking. I love Tony. They needed someone who speaks. And it was like, man, if I can, you know, be a vessel to introduce people to some of Tony's work, it's, it's really been, you know, a blessing, a privilege and a whole lot of fun. So I don't know if that quite answers your question. It was a little long winded, but I would say <laughs> that's, that's my answer. I love it. I love it. So the podcast that we run, The Rebel Entrepreneur, is about helping people build businesses without oh. debt. But the secret mission is just to help people make progress in whatever they're doing. And that was always the thing. I would run these giant workshops teaching people to build businesses. And then I'd whisper to them all, don't really care if you build a business. If you want to get a job, let's get you the job you want to love. If you want to do this, you want to volunteer, let's do this. And I didn't... I didn't really care. Don't tell the people who sponsored the courses. I cared about people making progress. That was my thing and unlocking that. And one of the big things Tony talks about is going from a state of stuck to making progress. And I tell people to build businesses and to forget writing a business plan and just go and sell something because that's the only true test of whether a business will work or not is will someone buy it so how do you help someone who desperately wants to take action but for some reason procrastinates hasn't done it does everything else first like the washing the ironing um yeah. i don't know tidying the room not that i've ever built a website instead of making a sales call <laughs> but like how do you help someone get going yeah, I I think this like this is what I like to call the strangest thing inside the human experience. And what it is is I work with I'd say probably hundreds of different entrepreneurs every week. Technically what I do for Tony Robbins is I I go into organizations of entrepreneurs a lot of the time and I do kind of mini seminars to teach them some of Tony's principles. And one of the biggest things that that I've seen now doing this with tens of thousands, if not, you know, 100 plus thousand people the last four years is I think so many times in business, people actually know what they need to do, but then they don't do the things that they know. You know, it's like most people truly, they know what they need to do to start the business. They know what they need to do to make the next sale. They know what they need to do to go from, you know, 500,000 to a million in business or from 50,000 to you know, a hundred thousand or from zero dollars to 50,000. Like most people 
have a general idea of what they need to do. But what I've noticed is that most people don't do it. And the reason they don't do it is there's these underlying unconscious currents that actually dictate why people do what they do. And these unconscious currents, a just more normal word for them is there are belief systems. And I think really the reason people struggle to start to take action is, for example, like to go into my own story, um, when I first got into entrepreneurship, I wanted to be wildly successful. Like I was, when I first started entrepreneurship, I was 19, 20 years old, ambitious, driven. I say that I had a really good work ethic and I, I just wanted to be really successful. And although I wanted to be successful when I first started my first business, on the inside, I had a set of belief systems that was, well, I'm, I'm kind of more shy. Like I'm, I don't really love the idea of going to talk to like a potential prospect about my business. I, I definitely don't want to speak in the room about my business. And I, and I had a little bit of fear of even telling people that I had a business. And so I had this, what I like to call like internal friction, right? And maybe if, if someone's listening to this, maybe they've had that where it's like, you know, you want this thing, but then it's like, it's so, it's like you're walking in cement sometimes, right? And then finally it's like, yeah, go ahead, Alan. Well, I was just going to add to what you were saying. That internal friction, I think, happens every course I run. Because I say to people, you can have a business, you just need to sell something. And then they go, yeah, but salespeople are slimy, scummy, sleazebaggy, and that's not me. So I know I have to sell to build a business, but I don't want to be it. That's that friction that I felt for years. So how do you overcome that, Stu? Sorry, I wanted to interject because I'm like, this is the heart of the matter. This is this is the thing. If we can get past that friction and align, find alignment, yeah. how do we do that, Stu? Help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's dive into that. I think one important thing to point out to people is when it comes to business, one of the things that's really important to understand is 80% of what really determines your success is your mindset and your psychology. And then 20% is the actual mechanics, aka the how-to. And again, what we see is a lot of people focus on the how-to. So to go into my story again, right, I was sort of this wanted to be successful, but had this internal friction. And for me, I eventually went, I went to an experience with Tony Robbins, actually, it's the Unleash the Power Within event we're talking about. And I, I finally started to learn how to rewire what's actually going on inside of you. And for me, I was able to shift the belief systems. And if there's one thing our listener takes from today's conversation, I would say it's that stop focusing on all the minutia, stop focusing on all the, the, I need to build the website, this, that, the other. It's like, ask yourself, what are your belief systems about your business, right? Like, what is the real kind of underlying unconscious current and spend some time really focusing on that. And if you focus on that and you change the inside, when you change the inside, everything changes on the outside. And from what I've seen, most people try to do it the other way, right? They try to make more sales calls. They try and find the tactics to close the best way or whatever it is. When the reality is, if you just change things internally, things change externally. And so to go into your question, and it's funny, I, I just actually recorded a podcast on this yesterday. And as we were talking about, you're going to come on my podcast soon. So that'll be a fun conversation. But you know, I think really the way to change it and this could be a, th a three-week episode, is, you know, I think it's ultimately first understanding that as human beings, we all have experiences in our life, 
And the more often we have experiences, that's what ultimately shapes our belief systems, right? So for example, when I was this shy kid growing up, it's not that I was born and someone went, oh, this kid's going to be shy, right? If, if someone is listening to this, they don't like sales. It's not that you came into the world, the doctor looked at you and went, oh my God, this person's never going to be good at sales. Like, <laughs> it, right? Like we all came out of the, out of, into the world the same way, naked, scared, and crying. And you had different experiences through your life, which ultimately created a belief system for who you believe you are or what you believe about sales. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, really the, the first way to begin to change this is to understand that you are not your beliefs, right? You are not the belief of sales is slimy. You're not the belief of I could never build a business. You're not the belief of I could never be successful. It's that somewhere in your past, you had an experience once or multiple times that ultimately reinforced to you, okay, my parents always said money never grew on trees or money's really hard to make. And you heard that enough that eventually you went, yeah, money's hard to make or entrepreneurs are sleazy, right? Or sales is you know, a disgusting craft, whatever it is. And so one, it's understanding that that experience you had built your belief system and you are not your beliefs. And then the second aspect of it is really beginning to ask yourself, what's a new belief that you would want to put in place? And for example, let's say you under, your, your old belief system is sales is slimy, like we spoke about, right? I just, I don't really want to do sales in my business because people are slimy. Well, maybe your experience in the past was your parents bought a car and you were a little kid and after your parents went, man, that salesman was just the worst. They were so whatever, right? Now, what I want you to do on the flip side as we build the new belief is you want to ask yourself, what is an ex what is the new belief you want? And then what is an experience in your past that could prove to you that that new belief system is true? So as an example, let's say your new belief system would be sales, being good at sales and like taking action on sales is one of the most powerful things you can do in your life. And if you go in your past, maybe there's a moment where you first met, let's say your wife, and she wasn't interested in you, but you, man, you were committed. You said, this is good. This, I'm going to go on a date with this woman. I'm going to, I'm going to love this woman. This woman's going to be my wife. And maybe she didn't want to go on a date with you at first, but you were persistent. You were committed. And maybe now eventually you have an unbelievable marriage in your life to a woman you really love. And why did that really happen? Well, my friend, sorry to say it. It's because you sold your wife on you right? And because you were willing to sell your wife on you, you have this beautiful relationship in your life. And it was because sales was really a beautiful thing, right? And some people may not look at that as, well, it wasn't really sales with my wife, but it really was. If you didn't sell your wife on you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be, be together. And so if you take that experience and you go, wow, sales can actually lead to some really incredible things in my life. That's, I would say, the starting place of now beginning to shift those things. And there's a lot more we could go into in this, but I would say if there's one other thing people can do daily, it's rather than when you go to make your next sales call, thinking of that moment when your parents were talking about the slimy salesman, every time you now go to make a sales call, I want you to think about that moment that you met your wife, that moment you sold her on going on the first date with you, and what it's going to do is as you have that more at the front of your conscious mind, you're now going to go into that next sales call going, man, like 
sales is freaking awesome, right? And so again, there's a lot of complexity when it goes into it, but I would say that is sort of a few of the foundational principles when it comes to beginning to shift some of those belief systems. And one of the most powerful ones really just being that you are not your belief systems and separating yourself from those, uh, which ultimately opens a window where you can create a new one. You are not your belief systems. And yeah. it's interesting. I wonder how many of the audience, if you're listening to this right now, if you're listening to our voices, have you ever taken the time to consider what you believe and then consciously choose which beliefs you want to hold on to? And this was something I learned a long time ago. And it's something you still have to do, even when you've got good at it, because bad beliefs pop up through experiences through things that happen to you and you have to almost weed the garden and strip out the bad beliefs yeah. so that you can be free to actually get on what you want to do. So let's take a real example, Stu. I had a lady, I was coaching her on how to build a business and she said to me, I am the furthest thing possible from a business person. She was an artist. I'm the... <laughs> furthest thing possible from a business person. I'm the furthest thing possible from a salesperson. And yet what you're telling me to do is I have to sell my art. And I'm like, yes, well, no one else is going to sell it for you. I mean, even if you get a gallery to sell it for you, you have to sell the gallery. Yeah, the gallery yeah. has to sell your art. Uh, and it doesn't really matter what you do, you're selling. And I always have this thing of everything is sales. Like, which restaurant you go to in the evening, Italian or Indian food. You have to sell the other person on it. Which movie <laughs> yeah. you want to see at the weekend, Oppenheimer or Barbie? You need to sell the other person on it. One will be a harder sell. Yeah. So if you had someone like that who just the furthest thing possible from a business person, where do you even start with that? How do you help someone to go, okay, like maybe I could do this and suspend disbelief for long enough to take action that maybe gets a sale and shows there is pleasure in sales. Yeah. I think it's understanding that as human beings, we, we move because of one of two things and it's one either to avoid pain or to get more pleasure in our life, right? To either avoid things that hurt us or to get more of the things that enrich us. And so I would say, two really simple things people could do to kind of start to influence themselves if they're in that position is one, like really getting clear and asking yourself on why, why is it you're doing what you're doing? Like, you know, if we have our friend who is an artist and, you know, she loves her art and she loves sculpting it and crafting it. And, you know, like, why is it that she's doing this? Is it maybe that she had a moment in her life where she sold her art to someone and it's like the centerpiece in their house and every day they see it, they just, they love it, right? And maybe why she's doing what she's doing is to spread joy and happiness to people through her art. And if she can really get clear on what her why is and why she's doing it, I think that can allow us to momentarily suspend ourselves from this idea of, I'm not a business person, I'm not good at sales. It's like, because then when you go to, let's say, have a conversation with the gallery about why they should take your art, it's no longer about, hey, you should take this because like, I need some extra cash. It's like, you're doing this because you're like, I know if this gets in your gallery, someone's going to see this. And maybe someone on one of their really hard days where they've had a rough week, they've, they've just really are in a bad place in life. They're going to see my art in their house on their wall. And it's going to remind them to have happiness and joy in their life. And, and 
And that's why I need to get this into the gallery because that person who's struggling or maybe going through a hard day, like my art's going to be the thing that gets them through their day. Right. And not that that would be their particular why, but I think to kind of showcase an example, I think that's really one thing to understand is figure out your why. And the second thing is if we as humans have enough leverage on ourselves, we can do almost anything. So again, to go into a piece of my story, um, I shared earlier, my biggest fear growing up was public speaking. I hated doing it. I did not want to do it. I would rather at one point in my life, literally have shot myself in the foot than got in front of a room. Like I just didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. So you Americans extreme. take it very extreme with your guns it's hanging it's about. Extreme. Yeah. Please don't shoot anyone. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no foot, you know, shooting. But anyhow, right. The point is I really didn't like it. Um, and I didn't want to do it, but I knew in my business that if I wanted to be successful, I had to do more public speaking. So it's similar to the woman, right? If she wants to grow our business, she's got to go do, you know, some sales to get her art in there, but she hates it. For me, this was the same exact thing for public speaking. And at one point I had an experience in my life when I was sort of facing this battle of, do I start doing more public speaking? Do I not? Where basically I had a moment where if I didn't start doing more public speaking, to not go into too much of the intricacies, I knew that something else was going to happen in my life that ultimately I was more afraid of than public speaking. And what began to happen is I began to leverage fear, right? So sometimes we have a fear. Mine was public speaking, but really I had a bigger fear on the other side of, well, if I don't public speak, then I'm not going to be able to feed my family. Like I'm not going to be, I'm going to not be able to pay my bills. Like, and for me, that was a bigger fear than speaking. So what I would say is if someone has a fear of selling, what's a bigger fear than selling, right? Is it a bigger fear that you're going to be stuck in this job that you don't really love for two more years because you were afraid to sell? And that's a bigger fear for you. And I think if you can start to leverage fear, it can begin to take you into taking action, even when you're afraid. And I think the kind of the third and final piece there is understanding that like, at first when you do it, it's going to be uncomfortable. And at first when you do it, you're probably going to suck. And at first when you do it, you're probably going to fail. Like it's what I've seen in my life is the moments when I've pushed myself to get uncomfortable and to try something new and to get out of my comfort zone. Those are the moments when I look at my life and go, holy crap, like that was a game changer that unlocked my next level. And I think sometimes it's like we want to sit in this comfy, warm, cushiony place of our life and, it, and we don't grow. Right. And yes, we have seasons of life where maybe that's the right thing. But if you know, you want to start your business or grow your business, the reality is like you're going to have to get uncomfortable pretty regularly. And if sales is one of those things you're going to get, you're going to have to get uncomfortable with in the beginning it's understanding that like discomfort's actually a really good thing. Like I think a lot of people, they look at getting uncomfortable is like, man, this, this sucks. This is bad. Um, but I think when you really change the way you associate getting uncomfortable with pleasure, not pain, it can begin to change a lot of things in your life because really the only way that you grow is you get uncomfortable. And if you're not growing, like a really simple question I ask people is if you're stuck, if you're not growing, When's the last time you got uncomfortable? And the reality is I don't need you to answer the question. I know what you're going to say. If you're stuck, it's been six months. It's been 12 months. It's been 
it's been a bit of time since you've gotten uncomfortable. And if you're not stuck and I asked you, when did you get uncomfortable most recently? You'd probably say, oh, earlier today, yesterday, last week. Like it would be much more recently because that's how, like, that's a really simple formula. You want to get unstuck, take more uncomfortable action. You want to be stuck, don't take uncomfortable action. So I think those are a few interesting things people can look into to kind of unlock themselves, um, whether it's for sales, whether it's for growing their business, starting their business. But I think it's, it's going, man, okay, being uncomfortable is actually a really good thing. It's not a really bad thing. I love that, Stu. Let's get uncomfortable together. Let's go. That sounded a bit weird, uh, but we'll move on quickly from that. I think it's, did I make it uncomfortable? No, <laughs> it, was it was great. It was great. I think it's really interesting, this whole, the pain and pleasure and the mixed associations we have with taking action on our business. And I had this in the early days. I knew I had to sell, but I had an association that sales would equal pleasure because I would get business, I would have people to help and I would make money, but it also equaled fear and prospective pain of I'd get rejected, I'd fail. I just would sweat and be uncomfortable. Let's be honest. Yeah. My body didn't like it. I didn't <laughs> like it. Everything just didn't like it. And quite a few of us have these mixed associations. One way out of it is when people hit rock bottom. Mm. I, I can't pay my bills unless I sell today and then they make the phone call or it's like that last minute just before death pain the end we go and do something about it and change direction my question for you is how can we do it without going to rock bottom because that's not fun for anyone how can we do it from today from a position of actually things are okay you know, I'm making money or maybe I've got a job, but I really want a business, but life is okay. You know, it's not too bad. And we always convince ourselves it's not too bad. So we don't have to take action, but how do we like take this action and get unstuck and become uncomfortable and make progress without having to rely on hitting rock bottom? Yeah. So I think a few things that we can do, I'll give two. And again, kind of at the event we spoke about UPW Unleash the Power Within, this is something that you, when you immerse yourself into an experience, like, you know, like you travel all the time, right? It's like if you move to Spain for four months, in four months, you're going to be pretty good at Spanish because you immersed yourself into it. So, you know, UPW, it's like you immerse yourself four days in this experience and you do a lot of this. But I would say kind of two things that people can start to do now uh, is one is beginning to understand your breakthrough strategy. And so what we mean by this is if you look at your life, uh, what I would encourage you to do is ask yourself, when is a moment in your life that you had a massive breakthrough? And when you go back to that moment in life, what you want to begin to ask yourself is what was the breakthrough that you had first and foremost? The second question is what triggered that breakthrough, right? So what what caused you to have that breakthrough? And then ultimately, what was the result on the other side of that breakthrough? And when you begin to go back into your life and you look at this experience, you're going to realize that there's probably a strategy on what created a breakthrough. And if you really want to anchor this in, ask yourself a second time, what was another breakthrough I had? And ask yourself the same question, right? What was the breakthrough? What triggered it? What was life like as a result on the other side? And when you go through those three, what you're going to start to notice is there's actually probably a repeatable process and strategy on how you break through. And 
just to define it, a breakthrough, what we like to call it is a moment when the impossible becomes possible and you act on it, right? When the impossible becomes possible, you act on it. So once you know your breakthrough strategy, the second thing you need to start to do is you need to basically implement that strategy into your life now, right? So take that strategy of how you broke through before, look at the area of your life now and go, okay, if these are the three things that caused my breakthrough last time, these are the three things that I need to leverage to break through today. So that's one way. I would say the second and probably one of the most powerful ways that you can not wait to hit rock bottom is getting around the right people. Mm. You know, there's different ways people say it, right? Your, your network is your net worth. One of the ways that I think it's so true is it's like you are a direct reflection of the expectations of your peers. And if you're around peers that expect that you can kind of grow a little business, well, then you're probably going to grow a little business. But if you surround yourself with people that expect you to grow a million dollar business, let's say, right, you become a direct reflection of the expectations of your peers. So I would say really one of the most powerful ways that you can kind of level yourself up before getting to the pain is associating yourself with better people, right? It's like, you know, another way they say it is like your average, your income is the average of the five people you surround yourself with the most. So if you're surrounding yourself with people and they're making sixty, seventy thousand dollars, whatever currency that is, it could be totally different for whoever's currency is listening to this, but you get the point. Is you're probably gonna make around that. But if you surround yourself with other business owners who are making, you know, five hundred thousand, a million, ten million in their business. Eventually, you surround yourself with people like that often enough, birds of the same feather flock together. You're going to start to figure some things out some things out to level yourself up. So what I would say is the second way, and honestly, the more powerful way is putting yourself in a place where opportunity exists, right? Like, you know, a good friend of mine, you know, came on my podcast. And one of the things we talked about is like, how do you create luck in your life? And how do you create luck? Well, you put yourself in places of opportunity. If you put yourself around people, right, you can generally kind of create being at the right place at the right time because you've put yourself in the right place. And when you put yourself in the right place with the right people, things start to happen. So those are kind of two ways, I guess I would say. And then, you know, if you're like, well, I don't really know where I find the right people. Um, that's where one, obviously with Rebel and everything you guys are doing, right? You guys are an incredible group to associate with and say, hey, let me hang around Alan, everything you're doing so they can start to level themselves up. Um, obviously, they want to come join us at UPW. That's another place where there's a ridiculous amount of awesome people. Uh, but I think, you know, it's it's intentionally surrounding yourself with people that have higher, higher expectations. And when you do that, all of a sudden, you're not going to have to wait till pain comes because the person that you're associating with is going, man. You did you did a hundred thousand this year in business. Let's go. Let's ramp up to 250, 300. And when you surround yourself with people like that, all of a sudden things begin to change. You go, well, if there if everybody around me is doing 300 K in business, I don't want to be the one just doing hundred K. So let me let me ramp up, right? Same thing. If you're making a million bucks in business, you surround yourself with people making 10 million in business, you go, I don't want to be the guy making only a million. Let me let me ramp up. So I think that's a, a really a powerful way. Um, but you don't have to wait for the pain because I mean, honestly, waiting for that that rock bottom moment where you're like, man, I can't pay my bills, so I got to make this phone call. Like, we all know that that moment sucks. Like, nobody wants to have that experience. So um, I think those are a few things that you can do to not wait for that experience because you don't want to wait for that experience. That sucks. 
You really don't. You really don't. It's not nice. We've all been there. Don't wait for that. Yeah. Picking up on what you said, one of the interesting things I've noticed is in entrepreneurship and business, the artists who aren't making very much money all hang out together. <laughs> the the people who are doing knitting businesses or crochet, they all hang out together. Yeah. The photographers all hang out together. And it's almost like we are hanging out with people who have the same situation with us to commiserate about our situation and what happens. Yeah. And I want to shake people out of that and help them find other people. Before I ask you the next question about like, what would you do if you wanted to establish a network to start with? One thought from me, most of the people I hung out with from early 20s to mid 30s, I've never met. I've never met Tony Robbins. I've seen him on stage a long way away. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's so small. He's a giant man. But like, when you're in seat 10,000 at the back of his events, he's tiny. I've never met him. I've never met Zig Ziglar. I've never met Brian Tracy. I've never met Rim, jo Rim Joan, Jim Rohn. Uh, <laughs> I've never met, you've got to be careful sometimes. I've oh. never met any of those people. But they've had such a big impact on me through their CD sets. I'm displaying my age yeah. now. For modern people, it would be like streaming it. But yeah, CD sets, yeah. podcasts, the Tim Ferriss podcast, so many of these different things that have helped me become who I am. Yeah, You don't actually have to rely on physically knowing the people. It can be books. It can be podcasts. It can be things like that. And I think what I would say to everyone listening is what percentage of your day is surrounded by people who stretch you? And if you're spending your day at home with other people in the same situation and it's not stretching you, are you being stretched by an audio, by this podcast, by uh, a book? Like what percentage of your day is spent with people who try and drag you out of where you are and help you make progress? Uh, whatever that means to you, because we don't really care. Like if success means the first sale at $20, 20 pounds, that's what it means. Do it. Yeah. So that, that's one way of doing it with people you've never met. How would you do it, Stu? How would you get around people? How would you create a network, a physical network with people that you, you know, you know, you need more people in your life to stretch you. How would you do it? Yeah. Well, first, I would 100% echo what you're saying. So I think it's really, really powerful to, you know, tune into things like this, like go check out Tony Robbins podcast. If you want to go, oh, excuse me, check out my own podcast, go check that out. Like, go check out Tim's Ferris podcast, right? It's like, or surround yourself with mentors that you may not ever meet, just like you did, but you can still learn from them. That's one of the beautiful parts of like the world that we live in today. So I would say that's, that's one of the ways you could do it. A second way that I would encourage people to do it, and I think this is where, like this is when you'd actually like physically meet people, right? So this would be whether you're at an event, you meet people, whether it's someone on Instagram that maybe is, you know, doing what you want to do. Like maybe there's someone to just stick with the art theme we've been talking about today that's growing a successful art business and you've always followed this person and been inspired by them. I would say another way that you can change and kind of up level your association and the people you're around is I think the majority of people go to let's say someone like let's say there's someone that inspires this this artist 
And most people go to that person that they could benefit from and they say, hey, you're doing this like any way you could, like, how did you do this? Or could you teach me how to do this? Or how did you overcome your first sale? Or how did you like, can you help me is what most people ask, right? Is can, what can you do for me? And I think the real way to, if you want to get around a better association is rather than go to get, go to give. So if you see, you know, this artist that's on Instagram, you've been following, they're an influencer, reach out to them and say, Hey, I've always been following your stuff. I've been super inspired by you. Um, I just really, really appreciate what you're doing. I would love to find a way that I could add value to what you're doing um, in your world. Like, is there any way at the next art gallery I could come and I could just kind of help you or volunteer? Or, you know, I saw you're doing some stuff on social media. I actually do, you know, X, Y, Z. Can like find ways, specific ways that you could add value to them with no ask in return. And just say, hey, can I add value? Can I help you with X, Y, Z? Maybe you're good at website development and you've seen that their website's not that good and you could come in and say, hey, I would love to see if I could just kind of build a website that I think would be really awesome for you. And if you want to use it, awesome. If you don't, awesome. But I kind of had some ideas. And if you really want to take it to the next level, already do the thing before you even say it. Like I have a lot of people that reach out to me and they go, hey, uh, you have a podcast. Like I'd love to create content for you or this, that, the other. And and it's like, I'm busy. Like I, not no disrespect to them. Like I respect it that you've reached out. But at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, like, I mean, we already have someone on our team who does that. And like, then I have to go back and forth and like maybe get them to like, it just takes a lot of time versus if they were like, hey, I love your podcast. It's awesome. I would love to, you know, help you create some content. Here are three things I've already pulled. I went on YouTube. I found one of the videos. I created content. Here are three things of what it would look like. I think this could be awesome. Like, do you think this would be valuable? Do you want to use these? And like, if someone did that, I would be like, man, this is, this is awesome. Like, I, we don't even have to go back and forth. Like, I see these things. They're good. They're valuable. They're So it's like, if you can take that step further and say, again, maybe take the website. You go, hey, I already, I already put some things together on a website that I think would be awesome. Like, yes, it takes extra time for you. Yes, it takes extra energy. Yes, it takes extra effort. But it's going to get you into a conversation with that person. And when you begin to add value first, there's something called the law of reciprocity which means when you add value, naturally people want to add value back to you. It's, it's a law of the universe, right? So if you just say, I'm gonna add value, not expect anything in return. When you add value, something always comes back. It may not be directly even from that person, but the law of reciprocity will bring something back to you. So I would say that's the second way. And the third way is similar to what you said, but it's surrounding yourself with someone that would push you. And more specifically, I would say, like, if you really want to get to the next level, get a coach, right? Someone that's, you know, it's like if you and your best friend uh, go, oh, we want to grow businesses. Let's hold each other accountable. Like, at some point, you're going to be like, yeah, like, you're my friend. Like, you didn't do that thing. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, I didn't do this thing today either. Ha ha ha. And then like two months later, you're neither of you are growing your business because you didn't really hold each other accountable. But if you get someone like a coach who's willing to say like, yeah, I'm your friend and I'm here to support you. But like, this is what you said you're going to do. Like, if you really want to get to the next level, we need to do these three things. You're going to get uncomfortable. It's going to be kind of weird. You're, you're going to sweat like Alan was talking about on that next sales call, but that's what's going to help you grow. And this is what you have to do. Like, if you have someone like that, that's going to like, you're, you're probably going to actually pay to stretch you when you pay, you pay attention. And most likely you'll now go do those things. So 
I would say that's the third way is if you really want to up-level your association, kind of get to that next level, find someone who can hold you accountable and don't have that person be your best friend because your best friend's eventually going to let you off the hook. So I would say those are, those are three things people could do. Well, they let you off the hook because they hold your relationship higher than your success. And that's just a value thing. It's like, I'm not going to push you too hard because I want to remain friends. You're my friend. Yeah. And I love you. So like you've given me the excuse, I'll let you off. Uh, whereas someone you don't know goes, you've given me, that feels like an excuse. I'm not sure I'm going to accept that. When are you going to do the action? And it's a different energy. If you've got a friend who can do that for you and does not take any every word I thought of then was a swear word, does not take any crap um, stuff. I don't know. does not take any bullshit whatsoever. If they will actually hold you accountable, yeah. you can do it. But it will challenge your relationship because they might be pressing your hot buttons. For and sure. it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Like, So this whole podcast is about taking action, building businesses, creating your dream, and you don't need to spend money to do it. You don't need a business plan. You don't need a loan. You don't need to find cash to do it. There does come a stage where some of this does help. And I've spent a fortune on personal development over the years. I've bought courses. I've worked with different people because it does help. And I guess the message of this podcast has always been, you don't need money to start. So start for free and maybe when you've earned some money, spending a little bit of it can actually help you to make more progress and make more difference. So we've never been against spending money unless you don't have it. <laughs> That's a big no-no. Never spend money you don't have. Uh, let's earn that money and then spend it and create more progress. So I think that's a critical piece. So I guess, well, like I Stu. One... Oh, go ahead. No, you go for it. You had something to say. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think like there's two ways to look at it. It's like you either are going to spend time to save you money or you're going to spend money to save you time. And if you don't have money, well, spend the time, right? And then like you said, make the money. But I mean, it's like the old adage, right? You see so many people, it's like you can always earn more money. You can never earn more time. So again, but if you don't have money, spend the time to earn the money. But then once you have some of that income coming in, I think what's been so valuable in my life and from the mentors I've studied is it's like at some point you go and you realize, okay, I'm never going to get more time. I can always earn more money. I can make another sale. So eventually, and again, it's a balance, right? Depending where you are in your life. And yeah, you want to stretch and grow and push yourself. But at some point, I think you need to begin to ask yourself the question of when is it right to spend money to save time? Because, you know, it's like you learn from some mentors and they can teach you in a few days, like what took them years to learn. And all of a sudden now, rather than running around like a chicken with your head cut off for three years, you, you learned something for a few days because you paid to learn the lessons and compress time. And now instead of running around like a chicken with your head cut off for three years, you learn something in three days and then you save yourself three years. So I, I think it's just an interesting kind of way to boil it down is you either spend time to save money or you spend money to save time. I love that. I'm going to add one little asterisk to it because I think it's important. Do it. When people are starting businesses, quite often they want to outsource sales immediately because it's the thing they don't want to do. If you're outsourcing it because it's the thing you don't want to do, that probably is a sign that it is the thing you should do 
to learn how it works, to grow, to learn that stuff. So I just, I think that's a really important, just tiny little asterisk of don't outsource the hard stuff because it's hard, because it might be the area, like we said earlier, that you just need to get uncomfortable within. And I think if you're listening to this right now, I want you to think about what's the thing that makes you most uncomfortable. So what makes you most uncomfortable? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it tech? Is it ringing someone to collect on the invoice they haven't paid you for for six weeks? What is it that makes you most uncomfortable? And then do it yourself. Once you've conquered it, then you can outsource it. Stu's nodding and smiling. I think that means it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one other thought, just to kind of you know play tennis here, is one thing that I think happens sometimes is like, we can get caught up in perfectionism, right? And sometimes what can happen is we go, well, I want to wait for the moment where I know the perfect way to make the call and then I'll make the call. And we never know the perfect way to make the call because we've never made a call. So we never make the call. So I think it's like clarity comes through experience, not thinking is something that I've always found to be true in my life, right? It's like, if you want to learn how to get really good at soccer, you don't sit there, analyze soccer, think about soccer, stare at a soccer ball, look at the goal, measure the goal, make sure, you know, how many squares are in the net in the goal. And you go, okay, now I'm good at soccer. Like you want to get good at soccer. You got to pick up the ball. You got to get in the game. You got to play. You got to fall. You got to fail. You got to get back up. So I think it's like, at some point you just have to say, I'm going to stop waiting for perfectionism. I'm going to stop waiting to feel like I can think the perfect way to do this. And at some point you just have to say, I'm just going to take action and it's not going to be super good. But I think one of the most important things and I think a lot of people struggle with this is we as humans are our biggest critic. And sometimes what happens is we'll take this action where it'll muster up so much courage in us. We'll make that sales call. It won't go well. And we go to bed at night and we beat ourselves up and we go, man, I, I, I didn't, I didn't close that call. I sounded stupid. I, I sweat through my shirt. Like, man, I, I, and we go into the next day bringing failure into the next day when the reality is failure can't breed success, success breeds success. So what I would encourage people to do is as you start to take some of these uncomfortable actions, yeah, it's not going to go super well. You may fail. You may, you know, stumble. But at the end of your day, I would say this is one of the biggest tools you can use to start building momentum is as your head hits the pillow, before you close your eyes and go to bed, ask yourself, what are three wins that I can capture today? And maybe one win is you go, I freaking made a call today. Like I, made I asked it. somebody yeah, I did if they, yeah, I asked someone if they wanted to buy. That's a huge win. Like you didn't make a call yesterday. So even if it didn't go well, that is a massive victory in your life. So celebrate that you made a call. Maybe another a victory is you go, I, uh, I ate something healthy today, right? I went on a walk outside, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, no matter how big or small it is, capture three wins because when you do that, regardless what the size they are going into the next day, it's going to allow you to create momentum. That's going to allow you to really continue to build your business. But I think, I think that's one of the biggest things that can hold us back from taking more action is like, we beat the crap out of ourselves sometimes. Like, you know, someone once said, if we talk to other people, like we talk to ourselves, some of us wouldn't have friends because we don't really talk nice to ourselves. So I think that's just, you know, another thing that can really help people take some of these uncomfortable actions we're talking about is, like celebrate yourself. I regularly say to my wife, if anyone else 
talk to you the way you talk to you, I would beat the shit out of them. Mm. And she is the meanest person to herself ever. And I've been working on that one. Be nice to Katie Day is what I do regularly. But everyone else is nice to her. It's just her. And I'm trying to help her. And I think we all have an element of that. We're the meanest to ourselves. But look, so true. I have something we want to talk about for everyone listening. Katie and I are going to go to Unleash the Power Within, which is coming up soon. And we yeah. want to invite you all. Before we do that, Stu, like, what's your closing message, your thought, the one thing you want to give to someone who is out there at the coalface building a business, making things happen, maybe even just starting in their spare time. Maybe they've got a job. The kids are screaming in the bedroom and they're trying to build the business at 8 p.m. at night. It's the only time they've got. Whatever it is, what would you say to someone? What's the closing thought before we do the invite? Yeah, I think the closing thought is be willing to take courageous action. You know, it's like if you if you really want to create something different in your life, you have to do something different. Like I, I grew up listening to Jim Rohn, right? He says, don't wish you were easier, wish you were better, right? You want to get more, you got to be more. And so I think it's, you know, as you're working on your business, it's 8 p.m. at night, you just put the kids to bed, you've had a long day and you don't feel like sending that email, you know, about potentially being shown off at that gallery or you don't feel like making that sales call or you don't feel like doing that thing or you know there's this uncomfortable thing that that you need to do i think it's just taking sometimes even 60 seconds of courageous action and saying i don't need to be the superhero all day i don't need to be courageous for 24 hours for 12 hours for not even two hours today but Maybe a couple times today, I'm going to be courageous for 30 or 60 seconds. I'm going to press send on that email. I'm going to dial that number on my phone and, and press call. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to post on Facebook and tell people that, hey, I started this business and I'd love some referrals if you know anybody that you think would be interested, right? It's, it's taking courageous action. And as you do it, partnering with faith. And I don't mean faith like, you know, religion and, and that necessary sense, but partnering it with faith, not fear. Someone wants that someone told me that I think is so powerful is that faith and fear both require us to believe in something that's made up, right? The faith and fear, they're both imaginary. It's like, if we take this courageous action and we believe, man, I'm going to look like an idiot. It's not going to work. I'm going to fail. It's going to, I'm going to sound like a sleazy salesman, whatever it is. That's us believing in something that's totally made up. That's fear. So I would say if there's you know, two things I can encourage our listener to do today, it's whatever that thing is that you were talking about earlier, Alan, that's an uncomfortable thing you need to do. My biggest request from you is if you really want to grow your life in the next 24 hours, take that uncomfortable action. And as you do it, be courageous for at least 60 seconds and take a step of faith because so often in life, we ask ourselves, what if it goes wrong? What if it doesn't work out? What if I don't make the sale? What if, what if, what if it doesn't work? But what I would encourage you to do is as you go through the next 24 hours, you take this uncomfortable action, switch it up. And rather than saying, what if it goes wrong, begin to ask yourself, what if it goes right? 
What if everything actually works out? What if you really do grow this business and it creates the freedom that you are seeking in your life? What if you really take this step of action and it makes it so that your kids grow up and you're not struggling paying the bills and putting food on the table for your kids? Like what if it works out? And I think if you take that mindset and that thought and you have courage, you have faith, you're willing to take some uncomfortable action and look at it through the lens of what if it goes right, I think there is such an incredible future that you can create for yourself if you're willing to do some of those things. And and then the last cherry I just put on top of that is after you take that uncomfortable action, make sure that when you get in bed that night, you really, really ask yourself, what are three things I could celebrate, right? And maybe um, it's something small, maybe it's something big, but celebrate yourself for taking that action. Um, and I would say that that's kind of my last uh closing thoughts. And, you know, if there's anything that I can ever do to support you, um, you know, feel free to find me, um, you know, and, and if there's anything I can do, um, you can hang out with me on social media or wherever you hang out. But if there's anything that I can do to support any of you, um, and obviously you got Alan, who's the man, I'm happy to be a resource in any way that I can. <laughs> yes. How do people man, find Alan. you, Stu Massengill? How do people find you? Yes, How do they I find was... your podcast? How do they listen to this latest episode that you're producing? Tell me. Yeah. So on our podcast, it's called Finding Direction. So just as it's spelled, Finding Direction with Stu Massengill. And you can find us on Spotify, you know, iTunes, kind of anywhere that you can find a podcast. And if they want to hang out with me, I spend most of my time, I'd say probably on like Instagram. Uh, and it's just Stu Massengill, S-T-U-M-A-S-S-E-N-G-I-L-L. So um, come hang out with me there. If you have other questions, feel free to send them over as well. And again, happy to support in any way that I can. I love that. So for everyone listening, my wife, Katie, and I have booked to go to Unleash the Power Within Let's go. Uh, in Dallas, in Texas. And the dates are the Thursday, the 9th of November, 2023 to the 12th of November, 2023. So that's currently about two and a half, three months away from now. And we will be going and we wanted to lay out an open invitation, an open invitation. If you want to come and do Unleash the Power Within with us, we would love to have you coming along. And uh, the Tony Robbins group have said, if there's a little group of us that comes together, they'll upgrade our tickets together so we can all sit in the same space, which is amazing. Um, there's no, like, Katie and I are not earning any money out of this. We're paying for ourselves. We want to do this because it's a cool thing to do. And we'd love to do it with amazing people as well. Um, so we wanted to make that offer. Um, what would you say to someone about Unleash the Power Within you? Yeah, I would say, you know, UPW, Unleash the Power Within, you know, kind of spoke about it earlier, but it's like immersing yourself into a concert uh, injected with personal development for three and a half days. And one of the coolest part, and this is my favorite part of all the events I do is it's like you have, we'll have 13,000 people at this event and the energy that you get when 13,000 people are in a room all with the sole purpose of becoming better. It's one of the most beautiful energies I've ever been in my life. It's, it's so cool. So I would say for anybody that, you know, again, if you're looking to get to the next level in your life, if you felt stuck, if you felt like, you know, you just kind of need, excuse my French, but for some people a kick in the ass, right? I know sometimes we all need that. 
this is one of the best ways that you can do it. And to just give them a snippet on one of the days, we won't go into all the details, but the first day we spoke about, it's called turning fear into power. And really what we teach you is how do you begin to neurologically change your association with fear? So when fear shows up in your life and now sometimes maybe it shuts you down or figuratively paralyzes you, how do you begin to shift that? So rather than having to shut you down, you take fear and you actually turn it into rocket fuel. You begin using fear rather than being used by fear. And the way that we do it on day one, if they come hang out with us in Dallas, I'll be there as well. So I'd love to meet all of you if you come, is we do a fire walk. So day one of the event, you walk across, not an analogy, 15 feet of burning hot 2,500 degree coals. Now steel melts at about 1,800. So it's hotter than that. So they're very, very hot red coals. And essentially we teach you how do you walk across fire? And the reason that we do this is because I don't care who you are or what you've been through in your life, but when you find yourself standing in front of 15 feet of burning hot 2,500 degree coals, there is a neurological response in your body that kicks fear on and sends it through every cell in your being. And so what we teach you is even when you have real fear like that in front of you, like hot coals where you could literally get burned, even when you have real fear like that, how do you still take a step? So the first day, it's usually about, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, uh, 10,000 people, they make their way out of the stadium. You find yourself walking to the coals. There's like 40 rows of fire. And eventually you find yourself standing in front of the coals. And just as expected, fear kicks on. It shoots through every cell in your being. And with fear pulsing through every aspect of your cells, you'll begin to walk across the fire. And you'll get to the other side. You will celebrate like a freaking wild person. And excuse my French, but you'll look back at those coals and you'll go, holy shit, if I can do that, you'll go, I can freaking do anything. You'll go, I just did something that was, that I thought was impossible and I made it possible. And really what it does is it begins to rewire your neurological association with fear and what you really believe is possible in your life. And so again, that's just day one of the experience. It's an awesome, awesome event. You know, so anybody, again, that wants to hang out with you, myself, uh, and the crew, you know, come hang out with us at UPW. I think the link that we have for everybody is Alan Donegan slash UPW, if I have that correct. And all you can do is if you have an interest coming to hang out with us there, uh, you simply just go to, again, Alan Donegan's. So if you like the sound of coming to unleash the power within with Katie, my wife, I, and a few other rebels, we would love to have you there. If you want to find out more about it, it's about six or $700. Uh, if that feels like a lot of money, do not do it. Do not put it on a credit card. Do not spend money you do not have. But if you can afford it and you think you would learn something from it, we would love to do it with you and to hang out. If you go to alandonigan.com forward slash UPW, you can get a ticket and come along with us. It's got a little form for you to fill in that gives you details so they'll sit you with us and you can buy your ticket direct on the link using the code rebels so that they know you're with our group and it would be really cool to hang out with you uh, if that feels like a lot of money do not do it you can get everything you need for free on this podcast in different places like you do not need to spend money to learn things we give it all away for free but if you'd like to come and have an in-person experience that would be awesome Thank you very much for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Thank you very much, Stu, for coming on and teaching us so much. Absolutely. We've absolutely loved doing this. And here is to your success. Let's get uncomfortable together. Let's go.